Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is episode 48 of Horror Movie Night, and right now we're all a little baffled that it took us almost 150 episodes to discuss one of our favorite movies, Idle Hands. In fact, if it wasn't for this week's special guest, Andrew, we still wouldn't have watched it. So join us as we all verbally blow this movie while we keep our cat torture movie streak alive with Horror Movie Night. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, Andrew is uh, a guy that I've been friends with for for about a year now on Instagram, and I've been a fan of his his music for years. And I've been wanting to get him on the show. And a, a little a little look behind the curtain is I said, "Hey, we're uh, talking about Sleepwalkers in a couple of weeks. Do you want to do that?" And you said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like call. I hate that movie, dude, so uh, much, so bad, so bad. But you're like. I'll talk about Idle Hands. And I was like, holy shit, we never talked about Idle Hands before. So we were all on board to discuss Idle Hands pretty much as soon as that was proposed. Well, no, like one time, I think we I think we talked about it one year or one time when we were doing this as Reddit Horror Club. And yeah. then we, so we had an actual discussion. I don't know if we had a, a podcast, we had an actual discussion. And then um, we watched it for the year one stream, right? Or it was, was last, it? No, year's last year's stream. stream. And yeah. then, so this is technically the third time I've watched it for our show. I'd uh, watch it many times after, too. So, Andrew, what was it about this? Because you, like, proposed this one pretty much right out the gate. What What was it about this movie that made you say, like, I'll talk about this? <laughs> I found it in my um, in my horror movie collection. It just happened to be there. I was like, I'd do that one. That was pretty, that was pretty schlocky and terrible, huh? you know, but yet bearable still. Yeah, schlocky and terrible in a good way. <laughs> so we, so the movie came out in 1999, and it was, so it was a bomb. Like I couldn't believe how badly. The, let me pull this up real quick because the amount of money that was invested in this movie versus the amount of money that this movie made is like depressing because of how good this movie actually is. They invested 25 million dollars into the budget for making this Holy movie. Holy shit! 
and it made four. Four million dollars. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like this movie. So so the opening theme to this movie is like way better than it has any right to be. It's got this cool like visual like light show going on. And it just I always forget that this movie takes place in Halloween. And it's such a good Halloween movie. Like it gets you in that Halloween mood. Such a great intro in such a 90s movie way. Yeah. (laughs) With the flashy words on the screen and everything yeah super 90s very nine inch nails uh yes yes <laughs> it's 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 the teen flick version of the seven opening yeah, yeah totally <laughs> i was so i so i was extremely excited to watch this movie because it was one of my favorite movies when it came out um but i was also very nervous on how it would hold up because at the time this was my favorite movie David Arquette was the face of comedy in my eyes. <laughs> so, so it was like really nervous to watch because I'm like, oh yeah, at the time it's like Idle Hands is the best movie ever made, but Ready to Rumble is a close second in <laughs> just behind that one. So <laughs> I okay, I really gotta I gotta talk about a quote here uh that I've wanted to talk about on this show. Actually, I just wanted to talk about it in real life for like a decade you know in in ready to rumble when they get overturned in the, the the sewage truck and the one guy's like you ever think about how sewage smells like french toast and the other guy's crying he's like yeah french toast dipped in shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man i still use the word squirrel nuts sometimes when i'm arguing <laughs> with someone thanks to that movie <laughs> uh so the movie opens with a husband and wife uh husband played by fred, fred willard, willard. Uh, I got a funny I got a funny story about Fred Willard. One year for Halloween, my wife and I dressed up as the couple from Waiting for Guffman and it was it was dead on. And of course nobody got it. And not only did nobody get it, when we showed up to the Halloween party, nobody knew who we were. Like they didn't know it was like me and my wife. That's how good I thought, you, I thought that they were going to say, like, why are you dressed like yeah. that? It's not a, it's not a costume yeah. party. Why are you wearing <laughs> track suits and, you know, towels wrapped around your neck? And we were like, oh, that's so funny. And we were like, midnight at the Oasis. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Easily the most underappreciated of all those Christopher Guest mockumentaries. Waiting for Guffman's a blast. Oh, it's, it uh, is the best, I think, of, of all of his. So they're laying in the bed and they see the I'm under the or they're laying on the bed. I'm under the bed is written on the ceiling. And, you know, they blame it on their kid, Anton. They're like, oh, that's probably just Anton playing a prank. Uh, and then they're slaughtered. And you don't see what happens to Fred Willard. But the wife gets pulled under the bed and then the bed just moves one like does a little bump and just blood splatters everywhere it's, and it's so great it's so good it's such a good opening a little and bump it's, it's a like a, it's like a, a exorcist bump like the whole yeah bed comes yeah off like, the <laughs> <laughs> but like for for a movie that is like 95 percent laugh out loud comedy it is a really good like creepy opening scene like it doesn't play the jokes right out the gate. Then we meet Anton and the headphones joke still makes me laugh. Like however many years later is he wakes up and he's got his headphones on and he's listening to a song and he makes this face of complete and total disgust. 
and he throws the headphones off and puts on another set of headphones and hits play and it's the exact <laughs> same song and he just smiles and goes on with his day it's so dumb <laughs> <laughs> anton just is oblivious to all of the signs of destruction that happened uh, the previous night, he just gets stoned while listening to Rancid, and it's a great it's a great morning for Anton. That's a great morning for anyone. For anyone. <laughs> but he runs out of weed, and this is when we are introduced to what I would argue, and I think most people would argue, the two best characters in the movie, his best friends, uh, Mick and Penub, who the opening line that you hear as you see these characters on film is Penub saying, yeah, and if your mom didn't have teeth, she wouldn't suck dicks so well. What's your point? (laughs) (laughs) So Devin Sawa, who's the too much acid guy in SLC Punk, (laughs) who uh, that little segment is a little bit horrifying because his mom turns into a a giant satanic bull to attack him. Yes. Yeah. I was always freaked out when I watched that movie of because like I am of all of the people on the show, I'm the one with the least amount of drug experience because I've never touched a single I've never even smoked weed. But when they zoom in on his pant leg and it's like the x-ray shot of the acid like burning through the flesh into his bones, it's like such an unnecessarily gross scene to just show like, oh, yeah, the acid like leaked into him. That's where that and that's clearly that segment is where the budget for that movie went. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was all the special effects for that film. But yeah, his best friends rule. Like, he lives right across the street from his friends, which is always cool. He lives across the street from his lifelong crush, which is also cool. Uh, and he sees that Molly drops her, her lyric book and he grabs it so he can return it to her and be a hero. And then he pussies out during that, too. But this is where we see Jessica Alba, arguably the hottest Jessica Alba has ever there's, looked. There's no argument, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was 1999 Jessica Alba. Is like possibly the hottest woman in movies in 1999, at least when I was in high school in 1999. Man, I, 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 every time I rewatch this, I'm like, you know, I mean, she's basically, but like body type wise, if you look at my wife, <laughs> you put the haircut that Jessica Alba had on her. It makes total sense. All right. <laughs> like my life choices make total sense. Yeah, and if Jay's listening too, I also think Jessica Alba's hot because she looks like her. <laughs> hey Matt, if your if your body pillow is listening, <laughs> pay it a compliment. Yeah, yeah, she's totally in high school. She's like a fully developed woman. Well, and Anton, I when I started watching this, I'm like, Anton's in college, like college age, right? And it's like, oh no, he's still in high school. I buy that, Devin Sawa. Let me just say. Devin Sawa looks more like he's a senior in high school than anybody else in the movie. That's true. That is true, too. Let me just say something about about 90s culture. Like, everyone says, everyone just is totally shitting all over millennials right now about being having no direction. Just watch any high school movie from the 90, late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> that is slacker culture at its peak, man. Like... Like all they do. And wasn't Devin Sawa in the movie called Slackers? Was he? Yes. And it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a great movie. That movie starring, rules. Starring him and Big Pete from Pete and Pete and Jason Segel when Jason no one Siegel. knew who he was. And it's got um, 
uh, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, and it's got um, the chick from uh, Donna from that '70s show. Ooh, Donna! Yes, <laughs> it's a stacked yeah. cast for a movie that no one saw but the three people on this podcast. <laughs> Such a great movie! Such a great movie! I, I love the quote, uh, and I say this quote all the time. Like, <laughs> I had a nickname for you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, it was laser. <laughs> <laughs> So Anton gets ha- uh, hassled by the local police officers. Hey, are you holding? Well, I, I don't know how I missed this line so many times, but they start to take, they start like going through his pockets to try to find anything that they can arrest him with. And there's a line where he goes, looks like George has found a new home. As he's yeah. Like, Dude. <laughs> speaking oh, speaking so of slacker culture, by the way, he has an asthma inhaler that he uses to smoke weed. To hold his weed. <laughs> Yeah. It's genius. That's not that's that's just being resourceful. Well, yeah, you got me there. That's true. The one cop is from um fucking people under the stairs. Yeah. You asshole. You try to score from a cop. Yeah, like I, that's I think I just said that. Oh no, I didn't say that. I said the, the yeah. line before. Basically all my notes for this, I I probably won't even get to half of them because they're just my favorite lines from the movie, which is basically everything from the movie. I love this movie and I love every line. So I just saw something uh, as I'm looking at the cast list on IMDb. Robert England is the voice of the hand? What? The the voice of the hand doesn't even have a voice. (laughs) I don't know how that is. He was just taking anything. Any job. (laughs) Can I be the hand? What did he do? Like it was just running around or? I have no clue. It also says that Ricky Martin is uncredited as a man in a car park. Like Rodman Flender just got fed up of phone calls and was like, Robert, listen, Anton is a high schooler. We're almost 60. Well, let me just be the hand. I'm the new bad. I'm the new killer in the newest movie coming out. Idle hands. Fuck him. Wow. A lot of, a lot of hostility towards Robert England. Wow. No, we love and hate him because he great movies, but some really bad decisions as well. Uh, Like adventures of Ford Fairley. Yes. Great movie. (laughs) <laughs> or urban legends yeah, one. you know the part and i'm skipping ahead here but if if the hand if robert england was like i'll be the voice of the hand if i can also be the hand when it gropes the chick in the car <laughs> that, hand, <laughs> that hand is going to town man Dude, there's no way there's no way she's actually enjoying that like no, no, no. Well, that's 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 a trope right there. Like, I'm gonna rip your boobs off touching. Like, <laughs> there's no way that's yeah. enjoyable. Well, let's just assume that they're drunk. Like, I was. That's the way I see that scene is that they got drunk and they were trying to go to the dance, but then they decided they're gonna hook up instead. Well, Scott, if you remember, the hand in Idle Hands is performed by Christopher Hart, who we've brought up previously on the podcast because his entire filmography is the hand in Idle Hands. A hand in the episode of Angel, a hand in something called One Hand Left, and also playing <laughs> King in all of the Adams Family movies. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. just has a gorgeous hand. Yeah. <laughs> but why hand models? Yeah. <laughs> Anton finds his parents' bodies. As a great, great scene. Oh yeah, where he yeah. knocks over the pumpkins. Hold oh, on, so you're good. skipping over then, the the fact that the ro- the entire romantic plot is explained in two minutes because she drops her lyric book when he goes to pick up pot from from yeah yeah from devil girl green. with nothing to lose got wind on her hair and gum on her shoes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I sing that song to my <laughs> wife. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, she's like a, she's like some kind of poet, man. Yeah, yeah. You mean a songwriter? <laughs> uh, so, so Brian, I have to ask you a question because. Uh, as people who've listened to the show have known that for a long time you had a lot of uh, drug issues. Yes. Um, did you ever get to a point where you smoked nutmeg because you couldn't find weed? Or was that never an idea for you? I did. I did based on this movie. I... <laughs> oh, my God. Your story and then I'm going to tell mine. It It's actually weird. It's almost like uh, – I don't know if you've ever uh, – obviously you haven't, Matt. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever huffed um, whipped cream. Oh, yeah. Whip it. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Whipped cream can it's almost like the same effect of that. And I think it's just because it's your body doesn't feel good. You just get lightheaded for like, I don't know, 10 seconds. I've smoked tea bags. I mean, I've struggled. I've struggled out there. You know, I never did any of that, but um, well, I did, I did the whippets, but I never smoked anything weird, but we used to do, uh, do you ever, uh, robo tripping? Oh yeah. Robo tripping. Yeah. Robo tussing, yeah. <laughs> overdosing That's on right. robo or, or Dramamine. That's what I used to that do. Oh, I used God. to draw. I used to, chug Robotus and then walk around this kid in Matt's basement going, Robo, trip in. Robo. <laughs> it's the worst trip ever, dude. It's like it's like the dark, especially Dramamine. It's like the yeah. worst, man. It's so but terrible. It's just an antihistamine. I don't know how you can trip off that. Oh, uh, like, I don't do cortisone. It's like you trip for like uh, four hours, but three other hours you're just projectile vomiting. vomiting. Yeah. 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 Not worth it. Not worth it. <laughs> Okay, so here, I got two stories to tell you guys about drugs. One is mine and one is not mine. Uh, so the first story is about the nutmeg, and I have this in my notes that I wanted to talk about it. So I grew up in a small town. Um, the first time I ever saw weed was at a party when I was in my junior or senior year of high school. And the, a football player is already drunk, and he, like, takes out a baggie. And I'm pretty sure I've told this story before on the podcast, but I'll re- re- remind everyone here. He takes out this baggie and, like, unfolds it like a comically – you know, it's like a, a baggie and he like unfolds it like a scroll and it's full of green stuff. And he's like, who wants to smoke weed? And I was like, that's really what it looks like. Uh, it just looked like grass clippings. I actually think it might have been grass clippings. So I was very sheltered. And then um, I go to college and it's like the first month of college. And the guy across the way from us. Uh, so I'm in a, in a double and the, the guy across the way, you know, there are two guys there. And um, the, the guy apparently was fiending for something he couldn't find weed couldn't find anything and so he like took a bunch of nutmeg he didn't smoke it he just took it and then he looked up on the internet because it was 2001 you know and that was like there was no wikipedia uh he like looked up on some message board about what happens when you take nutmeg too much nutmeg and it was like heart palpitations and this and that and he he turns to his roommate who is my friend and goes look he's like thank god i didn't have the internet when i was a druggie because i would have been in such bad shape man yeah yeah <laughs> it's not I've been the most paranoid person on the planet WebMD for drugs Oh man. So, so, and then whippets, like I worked in a coffee shop and that was the best was like when you'd finish a whipped cream and you'd like hide in the corner and just take a whip. It's like 10 seconds of fun. I think I did it 20 times in my life. It's not worth the effort at all. But I, I just love the fact that, that, the, that Matt did not introduce our guest as a member of a 
Christian Scott band. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I did that for a very good reason. <laughs> like, no. like, I, it's gonna be like the little denouement of like, hey, I did a bunch of drugs when I was in a Christian Scott band. No, uh, I wasn't doing drugs then. I did drugs before and after. Uh, I drink and I, I do grown up drugs now. I take Xanax to go to sleep. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not like abuse. That's just maintenance. Maintenance. Yeah, <laughs> like I took Xanax to go to work. <laughs> I took two hits of blotter acid and went to work one time, and that was very interesting. Actually, a friend, the, my friend that I worked with, we were working at this golf course, and uh, he gave me two hits of blotter acid. He's like, dude, oh. take this. We should bring in blotter. <laughs> is that a PCU reference? Yes, yes it is. Yes. It took the B. <laughs> my, my favorite psychedelic-esque work uh, story is any girls that listen to this podcast, you might want to turn it down for this one. But anyway. Um, there are no women listening. So it was, I worked at Villanova in the dish room. And at the end of the semester, they'd have this big dinner surf and turf where all the students at the university went and it was super busy. So this guy I worked with was like, hey, man, I have some ecstasy. We should take it to make the night go easier. And I was like, perfect. So I took this really strong ecstasy at like 830 at night. It started kicking in at 930. I got home at 11 just at the peak of rolling. And I was like, shit, I have to get up at 630 tomorrow morning for work. So I was prescribed Seroquel at the time. I took about five Seroquel. <laughs> Holy shit. It, it knocked me out. I bet when I woke up the next morning. My underwear was filled with jizz. Just <laughs> like the most jizz I've ever, that's ever come out of my body. Oh. Uh, I can tell you, I can I tell you from experience, the worst thing in the world is when you're on the road and you're, you're between cities uh, in the back of a 15 passenger van with eight other people in the van with you and you have nocturnal emissions and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to sit quietly in your own goo until you get to a gas station and can throw your underwear away. Uh, all right. So Anton, uh, with the help of his friends, realizes that he's the killer uh, and discovers that his hand actually has a mind of its own. And he kills his friends. And the death of his friends is fucking fantastic in this movie. You know, Seth Green gets a bottle in the head, which I did as a Halloween costume one year. Uh, and then Penub gets his head cut off. And then this is where the cat abuse comes in because Anton attacks the cat, uh, grabs it by the tail, swings it around and tosses it out of the house. What is it with cat abuse in horror movies from the 90s? And also the early 80s, or late 80s, as we discovered last week. Think about it. How many people have stormed out of a movie because a cat died in a movie versus how many people have stormed out of a movie because the dog died in a movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cats are super expendable compared to... 100%. I love American Psycho, but I won't watch it because when he kills the homeless guy's dog, you can kill cats all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feed me a stray cat, but no, no, no. Don't kill the homeless guy's dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this leads to, to Anton getting to spend the night with Molly, and this is where... This is where we get to see Jessica Alba in, you know, 
basically booty shorts and a tight t-shirt. So this is this might have been the fifteenth time I've watched this movie, and that's a conservative estimate because I love this movie. Um, I finally realized something about this, and I think it had to have been intentional by the writer, who is a fourteen-year-old boy. Uh, every time, <laughs> clearly. Adel- the most adolescent script. <laughs> not, not the most adolescent. We've, we had a couple weeks ago the most adolescent writer that we discussed in Wrong Turn 6. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, and if anybody else has noticed this, and I'm just a dumb shit for it taking me 15 to 20 times watching this movie to notice. Every time Jessica Alba reappears, she's wearing less clothing. Every time. <laughs> so when you first see her wearing pants, a shirt, and a jacket, the second time you see her, she's wearing the the booty shorts, uh, like a baby tee and a bathrobe. The third time you see her, she's in her angel outfit. <laughs> the fourth time you see her, she gets the, the middle of it off, ripped yeah. off, and she's just in bra and a panty. <laughs> that had to have been intentional. This is where uh, Anton's friends come back from the dead uh, because heaven was just too far of a walk for them. <laughs> and this is where like. Anything that was horror in in the first half of this movie is completely gone because it is just like stoner friend antics from this point on. And it is just like a laugh out loud blast from start to finish. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, So Anton goes to the burger, the local burger joint uh, to to talk to his metalhead next door neighbor about Satan. And this is where we get (laughs) two two incredible quick cameos of Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 and yeah. Kyle Gass from Tenacious D yeah. as employees at the fast yeah. food restaurant. Yeah. Uh. We, we're missing the be- one of the best lines, and I have to quote it because right here, because if we don't, I will forever be disappointed in myself. Um, one time they asked me to go on a date with double date with them, and I was I thought they were tards because there were only one of me, so I told them they'd go blow each other. And then the metalhead's like, whoa. Did they? <laughs> I'd like to talk about the metalheads tattoos for a second. They are so bad. Jesus. Yeah, they're terrible tattoos. Clearly, Lee press on tattoos. And, and yeah, yeah, they, but, they got them out of one of those, um, those, those like quarter crank. Yeah. yeah. Hold a cold rag to them. Yeah. <laughs> Worship Satan temporarily. Temporarily. <laughs> I was a Satanist for a weekend. <laughs> uh, the the actor who plays the metalhead is in just the, the his IMDb page is random as fuck. Uh, he started off in Encino Man, and then he was in the Brady Bunch movie. And then he was in uh, Event Event Horizon. What? He's great in Event Horizon. Wow. Um, He's in one of our top ten movies. Yeah. Uh, Cecil B. Demented. Yes. Or oh, were really? you referring to Undercover Brother? I'm not no, sure. I was referring to Cecil B. <laughs> this is where his uh, neighbor is like, hey, man, idle, idle hands are the devil's playground, which Anton later says, idle hands are the devil's playpen. Yeah. Uh, and that's when Anton kills the cops that try to arrest him. And that scene is also pretty fucking baller. Um, yeah. But this leads to what I think is the best part in the movie. Anton getting so frustrated that he tries to cut off his hand. Mm-hmm. And this is where, but like... Deciding that this is the one that he can get rid of because, you know, like, I light up with the other one, I change the remote, I relieve a little tension. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also appreciate that, like, Devin Sawa is not exactly a good actor. Uh, and, and well, hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> it, at some point, doesn't he, he go to bed and then he wakes up and he thinks it was all just a dream? 
Yeah, that's like right before he kills the, or right before he yeah. comes downstairs and his friends are still like they're now on dead. And they're and like everything. Yeah, they're, yeah, watching, they're watching. Uh, like yeah. at some point they're watching two live crew videos. That's yeah. right before they die. He walks in there watching the yeah, pop, pop that coochie that coochie pop pop that coochie. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I will say, for all of the lacking of Devin Sawa's acting skills. He does a pretty good, like right up there with Bruce Campbell fighting, <laughs> fighting against his own hands. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was pretty. Yep. I, I was, uh, <laughs> I was noticing that as well. It's like he really has a separation of what his hands doing and what he's doing. It's pretty impressive. We so this is where they go to the dance and fucking Offspring is playing <laughs> the dance, and I get so frustrated. Oh, you're not an Offspring fan? Uh, the only, the only thing, the thing I can say is that he's wearing a he's wearing an AFI shirt. An AFI shirt. Yeah, but that's also because Dexter Holland and, well, The Offspring and AFI were both on Nitro Records in 1999. And I believe that now Dexter Holland owns Nitro, doesn't he? Pretty sure. Or he used to, and then he sold it off for like a shitload of money. Uh, so we'll get back to the so back to the prom. So we've got, they're at the prom. Offspring's it's not up a prom. It's a, it's a Halloween party. It's a, it's the, the, sorry, the Halloween, sorry. So but when, they, when they get to the dance... I do have to say before we're in the dance is when I really started to notice that there's one of three options. Randy um, has a CD with only shout at the devil um, or <laughs> yep. the drive through his house and school are all within two minutes of each other. Or that song is very, very long because every time they're in the car, <laughs> that's what's playing. And it's almost like, you know, Randy, I get it. You're rebellion. I listen. I was a kid too. I, I was <laughs> the thing is, is that the, the funny thing is, is that Randy is not cool. That's the whole point is that he's obsessed with this song that's not cool anymore. Yeah, like, you know, but still, if you want to do like a not cool sit and white, I suggest Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Throw something in there. You know, there's a lot of songs to show that you care about Satan that doesn't have to be that song. That you care about Satan. And there's this really great topless scene. For a very long time as a child was probably my my top top number Your one. Your go-to fab. <laughs> my, yeah, my go-to topless scene in a movie. This this girl, and I don't know if it's the kiss makeup or what, but like there's, there's <laughs> I always wanted to see Paul Stanley's tits. <laughs> Man, if it was King Diamond uh, makeup instead of kiss makeup, I would be totally a wreck. <laughs> You'd be having no, those nocturnal that, admissions we were talking about. Right, yeah, <laughs> just completely <laughs> filling my underpants. Yeah. Anton's neighbor, we completely have not mentioned once, and that's my fault because I'm the only one that's trying to steer this fucking car. Uh, we haven't mentioned that Vivica <laughs> Fox is in this movie at all. But Vivica but Fox she's is awful. in this movie. Oh, she's terrible. Piss. She's been annoying in this movie since I saw it in theaters. That's like, I'm just ta- <laughs> saying, that's not a recent thought in my mind. She sucked the entire time. Yeah, she's bad. Uh, her character's kind of pointless. She doesn't provide much, uh, but she grabs the attention of uh, Randy, the next door metalhead neighbor. So they decide to go and kill Anton. She discovers that the killer is killing across state lines in the shape of an inverted pentagram. Yeah, which is such a oh, oh, God, it's such I, like I, a I, satanic panic yeah. moment. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm not even what, angry about that. They clearly forgot that they're in high school in this one because she's like 37 and Randy's supposed to be a high schooler. So I'm assuming no, no Randy is supposed to be out of high school. That's why he's still listening to shout. Yes, absolutely. 
they're like, are you going to come to the dance? And he said, no, I'll get another ride. Yeah, but he's he's kind of like uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. He's the in, guy that in, yeah, high school yeah. never ended. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so this is where we have uh, the principal is having phone sex. Yes, while oh <laughs> I'm going to uh, spank you with my ruler. His argument, like, <laughs> so. I, I feel depressed at how much I relate to like the angry conversation. <laughs> the the, 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 oh no, the, the the semi-angry phone call that he's having because it's very much my personality where he's just like, "What do you mean that the card isn't working? Uh, I just got this card. It's like, oh, you have the number. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's totally cool. Like, like yeah. So like, I can't get aggressive. I can't get. So I just talk like the dad from Alf when I'm upset. <laughs> 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 just it's bad. Um. But then Anton interrupts Offspring while they're in the middle of the it before they get to the best part in the song, which is the night brings bad dreams, bad dreams of guillotine scene portion. Uh, and then Dexter Holland gets his forehead ripped off and probably my favorite kill in the movie. I want to I want to say this because that's my favorite part of the movie because <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> he, he doesn't get his head ripped off. He gets his cap peeled back. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really bad special effect. But I, I mean, I hated it when I saw it in high school, but I find it somewhat charming as an adult. Because it's bad, you know? Yeah. I shouldn't be too harsh on Dexter Holland. He's probably a nice guy. I just hate the offspring. Yeah, you don't <laughs> hate him. You hate his band. Which he probably hates Five Iron Frenzy, and he should. Uh, so this is where uh, Devin Sawa uh, reveals that he cut off his hand. The hand just starts slaughtering motherfuckers. Like, this is like the end of Carrie inside this Halloween party for a couple seconds. He sharpens his fingers in the pencil sharpener. <laughs> It's fucking awesome. Uh, and then we just get introduced to Molly's best friend who just is there to die, basically. And Tanya. flirt with Penub. Yeah, Tanya. Which, probably one of my favorite lines in the movie is after Tanya gets chopped up by this field. I'm not going through all this, Tanya. Yeah, I'm not crawling through all this, Tanya. And then he's like, I was going to get some. And he goes, you still can if you want. <laughs> he, and he still has, he still has like goo on his t-shirt from when he tried to eat the burrito. That last oh, one. that's actually the best special yeah. effect in the movie. Oh, that's, I, I forgot. That's my favorite line. That's my favorite line in the movie is when Devin Sawa comes running into the house after they've made their burritos and he opens the the microwave and sees that the hand's gone and he goes, no! And Seth Green goes, sorry, dude, there was only two burritos. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how disinterested Seth Green and or uh, Mick and Penub are towards everything that's happening in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like they they could take it or leave it the entire film, and it's fantastic. We build to the big anticlimactic ending that involves arguing over who built a giant bong out of a car engine and mighty the hand, bong, and the, the hand getting stabbed by a knife and just very gently poofing out of existence. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, that. <laughs> I want to tell you that that is probably one of my favorite endings of a movie. It, it's just like they were like, "How do you know?" We, there's all this buildup, you know. How are we? Is it a big explosion? What are we gonna do? Nah, if I get this, he just poofs, poofs in a. What do you mean, like a big poof of smoke? Or no, no, I think just I think. Have you ever seen like a black cat that misfires? You know what I mean? It just kind of goes, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. That's it? No, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's how we want to end the movie. Uh, All right. I guess you're the you're the you're the expert. So 
you know, they kill the hands. Devin Sawa gets to survive. He's without a hand and he gets crushed by a car, but he still lives to uh, to eventually, we assume, uh, fuck Jessica Alba. Uh, and then Mick and Penub come back as his guardian angels. And uh, Sublime starts playing yet again, and they pull a little prank, and and that's the movie. The movie ends on a on a laugh. Yeah, and uh, you know, movie still holds up. It's still a great film from the nineties, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I I would agree with that, by and large. Yeah. Hey guys, just interrupting the show real quick. Just give me a minute of your time to let you know that if you go on the patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, we are going to be dropping the bonus episode for the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension later on this month. And if you donate, you can already get access to the Wicker Man bonus episode that we did with Nicolas Cage. But there's one other thing I wanted to quickly plug. June 23rd, we will be doing our Twitch stream. So make sure that you are double checking uh, and hopping on there and getting ready to watch 12 hours worth of films with us. Uh, We're going to be talking about movies like uh, we're going to be watching Event Horizon. We're going to be watching Final Destination. uh, We're going to be watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark and a bunch of other ones. It's going to be a really, really fun time. So I hope you guys are able to tune in uh, for that. But anyway, back to the show. Uh, what did you guys watch this week? I will start if that's okay, um, because that's I fine. went on a limb last night, and I just randomly picked this movie on Netflix called Super Dark Times, and this movie is so fucking good. I it's this guy's directorial debut. It's like very, it's a very dark movie. Um, it takes place in 1996, but it's not like in your face nostalgia like like movies tend to do where it's just like, Oh, this takes place in 1996. So it's like, Hey man, put this weed in your pocket. He's like in my Jenko jeans, but I got pogs, Pokemon cards and my game boy in there. You remember those things, right? <laughs> um, it's just like, Oh, it takes place in 1996. There's some things from 1996, but dude, it is fucked up. It is a fucked up dark movie. Watch it. I, I it's not on my list. Actually. I know about it and I have actively. Yeah, no, it. if it, it's like, it's not. Yeah, funny. no, it is a it is a fucked up like if you like um, Snowtown Murders or um, what the fuck was that movie where the black kid got killed at the subway in New York? It's a everyone talks about whatever. It, it's like one of those dark, sad, realistic movies type deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, a little too yeah. real for me. Uh, so I am going to go in the complete opposite direction. And um, I was editing uh, the Disney podcast that I've started producing and to throw something on in the background, I threw on something I hadn't watched since I was a kid, which was The Adventures of Mr. Uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which is just this hour collection of the oh, uh, no. yeah, the Sleepy Hollow short and the Mr. Yeah. Toad short. I haven't watched that Sleepy Hollow short in years. It is still fucking incredible. Oh, like it holds up. It's the yeah. artwork is great in it. I like there are so many beats to that short that I still remembered vividly like 20 years later watching it like oh shit I remember this I remember this I remember this and then the final chase scene between Ichabod and the Headless Horseman is fantastic That's the only thing I remember. like some of the, oh yeah yeah it's some of the best like like good scary animation I've seen in in years Brian if you rewatch it there'll be a lot of stuff leading up to it that you completely forgot about but as soon as it's happening, you're like, oh, shit, I remember yeah. this. Like, the only thing I remember is when you think he's decapitated. Like he swings the sword and then his head pops out of his collar. That's it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I highly recommend. I mean, the Mister Toad one was fine. Just try not to just try not to think about uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. when you're watching <laughs> the Headless uh, with his sharp. <laughs> <laughs> that almost ruined that movie uh, for me. I hated Christopher Walken in that movie. Don't talk shit about. Sleepy no, Hollow. I love Christopher. I love Sleepy Hollow. I hated Christopher Walken in it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, kind I of did a, too. Uh, I'm with you on that. It's a great movie, except for yeah. yeah, it's a little weird. I didn't need the backstory on the headless yeah. horseman. Just let him be. I assumed you got to cap it. Um, you didn't have to explain. I felt the, sa- I felt the same way about uh, From Hell. Actually, there's one, whatever the main actress is, I can't remember her name, but she Heather ruined Graham. that movie for me. Yeah, Heather Graham's yeah. terrible in that with her yeah. phony Cockney accent. Hello, yeah. governor. Like, like, Oi! Um, are they are they killing the prostitutes around here? <laughs> Real quick, I just want to give a little shout out to a movie from 2014 called Spring. Um, it is a romantic monster movie. Uh, I talked about it on the group a couple, probably by this point, like two months ago when I finally when I first watched it. Um, it is so good. It is very original. I love the fact that it didn't just play with a traditional monster and it pretty much created a new monster of its own, which I love. I, I, I felt so refreshing. Uh, great film. It's uh, by the same guys that did Resolution, which I did not really enjoy. We talked about that in Reddit Horror Club. And they have a movie coming out, I believe, this month that this comes out um, called The Endless. And they're all kind of in universe. And uh, the guy that did the music, the score for all three of them does a, uh, a band. He has a band, a solo project on uh, Island record or something like that called the album leaf. And I messaged him after watching spring and I'm like, are you the guy that did the soundtrack for this? And he said yes, and I was like, I just gushed a little bit, and I was like, oh, this is so good, and you know, it's like you know, very inspiring style to what I've, what I'm, you know, what I write and everything. And, and he was a very nice guy. Uh, so anyway, I love Spring. I highly recommend anybody watch it. It's long, but I mean, it's like an hour and forty five minutes, but it is absolutely worth it. I believe that I saw it on Shutter, so Boom. check it out. And nice. Andrew, did you see anything recently? Um, Besides no hands, yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm, I've been really into like true crime lately, because oh. uh, uh, they just, you know, they just caught the the Golden State Killer guy. Don't get me started. Yeah, um, yeah so, um, <laughs> so I just got through. Actually, I just got through. I'm going through um, Michelle McNamara's book for the second time right now, and uh, so good. But uh, there's a through via that there was a, a documentary that I discovered on AMC uh, called The Killing Season. Mm. It's all about the uh, it's all about the Long Island serial killer. So have you seen the movie Cropsy? Yes. So and yes. then they also those people also did. Uh, I never been uh, one, which was so fun. Yeah, uh, Killer Legends. Yes. So it's it's done by those yeah. two. It's really good. It's really, really there, good. super fucked up. It's really there's good. a show and I and I don't have cable for the next month, so I can't finish it. I'm not sure if it's over yet, but it's called Unmasking a Killer. That's that was on mm. starting March, and it's all about the Golden State Killer. Um, yeah, really fucking good. Real quick before we wrap up the episode, Andrew, beyond uh, you know drumming in my personal favorite band of all time, uh, you have a book 
of uh, short stories and, and poems and stuff. Uh, give us a quick promo on, on what's going on with that and, and where people can pick up the book. Sure. So um, the book is called October. Uh, it's available on ink and uh, com. Uh, artistry of Shannon Faber and writings of me. Um, and yeah, it's a book of short stories, a couple heart, uh, a couple horror stories in there. Um, and you know, a lot of dark poetry because I'm very deep. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm, I'm a, I'm a brooding soul, but no. Um, and then uh, Shannon and I have another, uh, Shannon is our, our, as my, uh, il- does the illustrations for the stuff that I write. And we have a children's book coming out called Little. There's also little dark, like dark children's material. Nice. Uh, So that was Idle Hands from 1999, as selected by our guest, Andrew. Uh, We will be back next week with a movie that Scott picked. He's been threatening to, to unleash this particular one on us for a long time. But with the announcement of Glow coming out in just a couple of weeks, I felt like the best time possible for us to discuss it. So tune in next week to figure out what movie that is. But in the meantime, you can catch us up on our Twitter account at HMN Podcast, our Instagram at HMN Podcast, our Facebook page at uh, at Horror Movie Night Podcast, or go ahead and donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash HMN Podcast, or just check out our website at HMN Podcast, which is getting a a nice little facelift as we speak. Uh, Thank you, everybody. We will be back next week. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.